welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend Mike. Hey! So today, we're going to be going back to One Piece and talking about episode two, titled... The Man in the Straw Hat. The Man in the Straw Hat. And of course, we're talking about the live-action series, not the manga, not the anime, but the Netflix original live-action series. Alright, before we go on any farther, I'm going to give out the typical reminders. If you want to get in contact with the show, you could send us an email, which is fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod, and X, which is at fantasyrewind. All right, without further delay, Mike, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Rewind. All right, Dylan, episode two. So in this episode, we get to see here, we meet Buggy the Clown, who is, I believe, the second person in the series so far who has had a devil fruit power. And in this episode, we get a lot of flashbacks, a lot of information about how uh, Luffy got his abilities, the drawbacks of having the uh, devil fruit powers, and so on. And it's all kind of really nicely sort of melded together, in my opinion. Um, Because as you're kind of going through the present time with Buggy, you have flashbacks to Shanks and as I said, how he got his abilities, and it, it kind of mirrors itself and plays off of itself pretty nicely. A couple things here that I wanted to bring up that I thought was really nice that they did. In the first episode, when we see Goldie Rogers getting executed, in the crowd you see Shanks, and you actually do see Bucky, because they were crew members on Goldie right. Rogers' ship. So that was a really nice like fan service moment, even though that hasn't really been mentioned. Yeah, I was gonna um, say yet. that I don't Outside think Buggy that. mentions that. I don't think that Shanks mentions it in the bit that we see of him in this episode, but we do know that from just the anime. Yeah, and they do mention though that like they were together, and right, you know, Buggy hates Shanks, which is true. Buggy blames Shanks for a lot of things, and um. Yeah, we kind of get that in their in interactions between him and Luffy. Like, yeah, it's it's it, I, as I said, I thought it was a really well done episode in terms of that. And I want to talk about some of in more depth some of what happened throughout. But overall, what was kind of your opinion on how they sort of interlaid these two things? Because sometimes when shows do flashbacks, they don't they sort of just do a giant info dump maybe at the beginning of an episode, and then it like then you as you're watching the episode, you're like, oh, kind of doing callbacks. Like you're you're oh that connects to that that connects to that whereas this is like as it's going through the episode they're kind of going back and forth multiple times yeah i i felt like they did it really well because like you had mentioned the way they kind of interwove it within what was happening like in the present with like what was going on in the past Mm -hmm. it was a good way to give you kind of that info dump in a way that wasn't like beating you over the head with lore it was like in a more of a natural way and it made total sense why they were telling you this when they were telling it to you and i just thought that the way that they gave us this backstory was great like i i loved everything about it i i really can't complain (laughs) about anything here and like we're gonna be talking about it later on but like even buggy like as ridiculous as he is like this episode was was very enjoyable for me yeah so let's kind of get into this here 
So in this episode, we have um, Luffy and his crew, quote unquote. Uh, they still are like, we're not your crew, on the little ship, and they get taken out or well captured by uh, Buggy. They were. It seems like they shot like some kind of sleeping powder or something and uh, captured them. Now, this was this was interesting. Um, it is a little bit different than what happened yep. in the anime. Actually, quite a bit different in terms of the whole story here. Uh, and I don't want to get into too much of it because honestly, I think they did a really nice job of sort of keeping exactly. it very succinct. You know, in the anime, this was multiple episodes. This is kind of drawn out, and it was it was still good. It wasn't uh, bad by any means, but they took it and they condensed it into one episode and I think they did a nice job of that. So Straw Hats got captured. They uh, wake up in a crate and, you know, they're talking like, because the thing that uh, Buggy is after is the map of the Grand Line because he wants to go there and be find the One Piece, become the King of the Pirates, just like every other pirate. And uh, we have them, you know, worried about the map and Luffy's like, don't worry, I put it somewhere safe, and he had eaten it. Um, and that's something that I'm glad they kind of kept, is that he, Luffy can ingest things, because he is made of rubber, and it doesn't really necessarily hurt him. And it also just shows his love of Such eating, we'll find it. Yeah, very true. Very true. But um, anyway, Buggy knows, because obviously they're outside of the crate, that they have the map in their possession, and he wants it. So uh, in this episode, we have them sort of showing off the circus and, um, you know, Nami kind of tries to throw Luffy to the wind because she wants to escape, kind of showing her sort of thief mentality, which I liked. We also have a showcase of Luffy's powers, which grabs Buggy's attention because he's like, oh, you could be a freak in my circus, carnival, whatever. Um but I think this is really important. This episode did a couple of things really well that I liked. One, it emphasized the importance of having the ha- Luffy's hat. That's something in the show that you learn about pretty quickly, too, is how important that hat is to Luffy and why it's important, because it's a promise to Shanks that he will become a great pirate, right? And um, he takes that very seriously. And it's used against him a couple of times in this episode. And it sort of the beginning and the end, right? Because in the beginning, you know, they're kind of making fun of him. Uh, Nami exploits it to sort of escape, try to escape by throwing his hat up to have him stretch his arms up to get it. And that like gives him, they're all shocked and gives her a minute to get outside. And at the end, she's fixing the hat for him. So I, I really like that sort of symbolism with that. Um, uh, I, I did want to talk really quickly about the sure. differences though. Because I think there were a lot of differences in terms mm-hmm. of the town. So this town is ransacked by Buggy, completely destroyed, which is pretty much how it is in the uh, anime as well. But all the town, all the townspeople are in chains and have to watch the shows and laugh for Buggy's amusement. And I think this was a good choice because we we sort of avoided. The conflict with the yeah, dog getting that was beaten, so sad. <laughs> which he like beat up, which was so rough in the uh, anime. Uh, so we avoid that, but we still get the brutality mm-hmm. of these pirates. One thing I didn't like that they did um, in this episode. So 
just for everyone to know. I mean, I'm hoping everyone watched it, but like Zoro and Nami get separated from Luffy. Luffy's getting basically drowned in seawater to prove like how seawater weakens those who have eat, ingested devil fruit powers. Um, but we get uh, the henchmen, right? And we sort of get just a brief glimpse at one of them, two of them. But after that, they're gone. You know, Zoro takes care of them. But even in the episodes after, we don't, well, at least the last, the next two episodes, we don't see them again. And that was kind of disappointing to me because as much as, like, Buggy is sort of a staple in the uh, series, the anime, his pirates are kind of there too, and they're all kind of, like, comedic. They are. And I feel like the reason that their role was reduced was for the sake of time. Because this is an eight-episode season, and they're trying to basically condense the entire Buggy the Clown arc in the very first season of the anime down into a single live-action episode. Mm. So, like, you don't have the side battles. Like, with the Beastmaster, you don't have the side battle with the guy on the unicycle with the swords going after Zoro and everything like that. And while those beats are cool and everything, I think that where the live action is kind of taking us it makes sense to have those people be in a much reduced role just because of the time crunch but you do feel it and like after watching the anime like you definitely feel that time crunch for this particular portion of it with this whole buggy the clown arc being condensed down to such a short period of time and while they're condensing that they do bring in more of um, the flashback. And I believe that's next episode. Well, yeah, flashbacks, but also yeah, Kobe much has more, been much yeah. more present. Um, but he, he's going to be more prevalent in the next two episodes than in this one. But anyway, going, let's, let's just talk about the flashback really quickly. So as someone who's watched the anime and has seen this flashback a couple of times, I thought they did a really nice job of staying true to mm-hmm. the whole sequence of, you know, Luffy eating the devil fruit gaining the powers um shanks saving him and losing his arm seeing the sea king like all of that was really really cool and they even gave a little hint at shanks's like abilities which i thought was really nice no yes they did and i thought that was really nice they're doing a really good job of kind of staying true but adding in some element and also Again, upping the maturity a little bit in terms of just, like, blood gore and all of that. So one thing that they did in the live action, which at least up to the point where I am in the anime, again, like, around episode 205 or so, they haven't shown yet, is how Luffy got his scar on his face. Like, they showed in the live action here how to prove to Shanks that he was tough enough to be a pirate. He cut his own face open to try to, like show yeah see i can take it i can do this and in the anime at least where i am so far they haven't addressed yet how luffy got that scar yeah so that was that was fun that was good also too it was nice seeing shanks's crew Mm -hmm. even though they weren't named and we'll see some of the ramifications of that as well in the next two episodes so doing a really nice job with layering all that in that was also a big difference too that you (laughs) that you pointed out and i kind of forgot about yeah so Anything you want to add, sort of, on those? Uh, any other differences the you may have noticed? Flashback portion, not really. Uh, that stayed pretty true to mm. what was originally done, and like you said, just the way it was all done, the way they kind of hinted at hockey, 
the way they looked or they showed the sea kings and the way that just like shanks was so nonchalant about losing his arm which was crazy like yeah. when i saw that i'm like what do you mean you're just gonna like shrug it off like you just lost your arm dude and that's exactly the same way it happens in the anime he's just like i've got another one i'm good and just like i haven't mm. i haven't seen shanks too much yet in the anime where i am but he seems like such a chill just like chill cool dude <laughs> yeah he's a cool cat i like him already yeah, he's a cool cat he's yeah he's like one of my favorite characters and i hardly ever, hardly ever see him but um that's all right so anyway oh and you also see kind of his crew's prowess yeah. prowess right when they're fighting some of the bandits so, and so that was that was cool to give them I a do little think bit talking of time about, to shine like that whole situation very briefly where shanks and his crew were at the restaurant they were partying and everything and then this other pirate crew comes in and starts like swaggering oh, and like being a nuisance shanks was not like confrontational with them at all and like allowed them to treat him like crap because he was like these people aren't even worth me putting through the effort of beating them up like i'm just gonna endure what they want to do and I will go about my business because they're that worthless to me. And just like that, yeah. that's something we do see Luffy kind of address later on um, in the series. But as far as like taking on like mm-hmm. that same mentality with other pirates, he doesn't deem worthy. But it was a, it was a very interesting way to kind of show how strong you are by just not engaging despite everything else going on and it was very interesting it's a good scene so um i think we need to get to the main event which is the fight between buggy and luffy so after you know luffy's hats he gets knocked out he's put in the seawater container and basically getting slowly drowned and buggy's talking to him and he starts talking about how you know shanks abandoned him and all this and we're having this interplay between some of the um the promise he made to Shanks and some of the flashback and the present. And, you know, uh, Luffy's like adamant that his crew's going to come and help him. And he's like, no, they're not. They're, they're basically dead. And Nami and Zoro had escaped at this point And Zoro had taken care of the rest of Buggy's crew. Again, wish we could maybe have just seen just a little bit of that fight. Like I feel like Zoro really hasn't had a chance to. He'll get his chances. Shine too much. I know. But uh, uh, outside of, like, uh, in the first episode is bar- the bar fight, which was cool. But want to say, too, that Nami, uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that her attitude towards pirates came mm-hmm. ac- very clear, came across very clearly. Uh, she was very empathetic to the townsfolk, even though when she's typically very selfish. And so that was also something that was addressed here, too. And so there's you, you're getting hints at her backstory, which I like. They're layering that in, too, as we're going forward. Now the fight. We find out that Buggy also chop has chop. a devil fruit power. He can be the chop chop fruit. The chop chop fruit. Which he can just break apart into pieces and get back together. Which is a pretty wild mm-hmm. ability. Uh, and it was kind of cool how they had like him and Luffy fighting. Like, you know, Luffy punched a whole lot of like a piece of him out of himself and like he shot it back into himself. It was it was really fun. I thought that was great. Um I was just a touch disappointed by how quickly it kind of resolved. 
again, I understand for the sake of time and everything else, like, that makes sense. So, I just wanted to see a bit more cool abilities from, I guess, Buggy. Because right now, he just seems like a clown. (laughs) Which he is, yeah. So, like, am I hearing you right? Am I hearing you asking for longer boss fights? (laughs) Just, like, maybe an extra minute or two. That's it. Not not episode boss fight coming up. (laughs) Not no no please no, Um, just like a minute longer. I'm sure we'll get that later on though. So which is great. Um, Yeah. What did you think about kind of the fight scene? And I didn't talk about how it got resolved, but you can sure. Yeah. So seeing Buggy using his chop chop fruit power was part of the trailer for One Piece that I had watched. And it was one of the things that actually drew me into wanting to see, like, how something so ridiculous was done live action. And the answer was, ridiculously, but still in a way that was cool. And, like, so while we're starting to see more, like, anime powers making their presence felt with the introduction of another devil fruit with, uh, with Buggy here, like, you're still seeing that, like that balancing act between going full anime and live action realism, which I thought was cool. I thought that buggy on a whole, as as a whole is so much cooler in the live action than he is in the anime. Um, He is one of those characters that is a little whiny, annoying person um, in the anime, but I definitely enjoyed his, uh, his attitude and his humor and just, like, the way that they threw in, like, that ridiculousness into the fight. Like you had mentioned, with Luffy punching a hole out of Buggy and then Buggy, like, sucking, suctioning himself right, right back in there. And it also showed just, like, the resourcefulness of the Straw Hat crew as a whole, coming up with the idea of how to defeat a guy that you cannot defeat by preventing him from coming back together. So what ends up happening is they end up using Buggy's own environment against him and catching the pieces Mm. of him and locking them in various chests to kind of keep him from fully reassembling until he's down to just a little bitty Buggy head. And, uh, then uh, they decide to part ways with him there, but it was a it was a fun fight, and it does show just like that they are still gonna embrace the weird, embrace the ridiculousness of One Piece, just maybe not in the full like full throttle way that the anime and manga do. Yeah, which is perfectly fine. I was talking to some people last night about this, and. We had talked about how this was such a... Honestly, this is probably one of the best... In my opinion, this is the best adaptation of an anime that I've ever seen. It does such a great job of, you know, hitting both the anime beats and some of that ridiculousness with realism and character development and, like, something people are going to want in a live-action show. And so that's why I think it's been such a hit with so many people who typically would not watch anime. Plus, I mean, Luffy is just... Yeah, I mean... He's fantastic. His, his, I, I'll say this episode job, after yeah. episode. The guy they have playing Luffy is so freaking phenomenal. Like, he does such a great job. Like, yeah. you just feel the energy coming from him. 
And what I really like about him, too, is the way, just like anime Luffy does it, the the way he's able to switch from being super sarcastic and funny and comedic to being deadly serious at the drop of a straw hat. And I think that uh, that ability and that range for an actor to be able to have, especially a young actor, like they have playing Luffy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's only 20. Such a great job. Love it. Yeah. He's an attractive man, and he is energetic, and he's going for it. He's great. Um, I do think it's it's been really cool to see that as well. I also want to say, too, just because I always think this is mind-blowing, and when we get into the episode with Zoro's uh, backstory, I, me and Alexis were like, we didn't like the actor they had playing his younger self because we just felt age-wise it didn't mash up. Um, but Luffy's only supposed mm-hmm. to be 17 mm-hmm. right now, sailing. So I think having him played by this 20-year-old is a really good fit, too, for that. I do feel like Nami's actress and Zoro's actor do look do. a little older. And I think that that's where it starts to get a little tricky, like, when you're trying to get those ages. I mean, that's, that. a, that's something that's so hard to do when you're talking about any film or movie or TV show based on, like, a, a comic or an anime or, like, another source material there. Just, like, finding that blend mm-hmm. of how true to the original character's ages do you want to be? Because, like, you saw something like this in Game of Thrones. Like, they aged up some of those characters. You're seeing it happening in some of the, the the Wheel of Time show here, where they aged up those characters. And it's not always for the best. But, like, what I will say is that, so far, it doesn't seem out of place for me that somebody Zoro and Nami's age are following Luffy or are with Luffy because like even in the anime like Zoro seems like he's definitely older than Luffy. Nami seems like she's roughly the same age as Luffy in the anime. And like live action wise, I'd probably put them all within like 3 years of each other. Like it doesn't seem like Zoro's like a 40-year-old man hanging out with a teenager which would have been really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I think that it's always like a tough, tough like pill to swallow or like a tough balance to achieve when you're trying to get those ages of the actors and their original characters just right, like the balance between those two. That's a good point. So overall, um, I enjoyed this episode. Thought it was really nicely done. And yeah, I... I I don't really have too much more <laughs> too much more to say on this one. Um, I do think, though, as we're going forward, we kind of discussed this, and I'm just saying this for anyone who, who's listening here, we're going to probably take some of the uh, episode arcs and put them together. So that way we kind of get through the rest of the season fairly quickly. So that way when Percy Jackson comes out, we yes. can... Um, did we want to talk about Kobe at all and the Marine bit? No, I kind of want to hold off on him until the next episode because sure. I think it goes together really well. Uh, I will just say that that's, uh, and I think we've said it, it, that's a big difference, right? He sort of yeah. drops off the map for a long time in the anime, and the payoff for that's big. But I like that they're sort of bringing his character along to sort of have him as Luffy's op- opposite. Yeah, I mean, it's it's setting them up to be, like you said, a natural rival almost. But we'll touch on that later on here. But yeah, I'll just I'll leave 
it with this that this episode was fairly fast paced because they did condense down that entire buggy arc from the anime into one episode here and then throw in some extra marine lore on top and then with a dash of flashback material going on there and so i felt like this episode did feel faster than episode one but i do still think that it was very enjoyable and i definitely still am a fan of this episode and where the show is going as a whole still all right so with that it's gonna be two nerds signing off we'll see you next time see ya Thank you.